Hello, everybody. We're so excited to share this episode with you today. We are blessed to be joined in studio by not one, but two true heroes of the faith, international evangelist Charles Robinette and Pastor Rashidi Collins. The move of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit that broke through during this recording are only a small portion of what God is wanting to do in this generation. So buckle up and prepare to become radically apostolic. We are so honored, so blessed to have with us in studio Brother Charles Robinette and Brother Rashidi Collins. We're here on the Arkansas District Campgrounds once again. Just finished up an incredible night one of Arkansas Men's Conference where the power of God fell, the Holy Ghost was moving, apostolic faith impartation took place. It was such an amazing time. And we're so, so thankful to have both of you men here with us tonight. Well, I tell you what, honestly, though, um, with, with the vein that you're wanting to go in, um, I do want Brother Robin in because I think tonight set the stage for what needs to be said, yeah. which is apostolic impartation Absolutely. and how to translate what's going on globally to the local church, to local districts. Right, what we see on the foreign field, how do we translate that to the North American field? So, so I'll follow his lead, and what he, let him talk globally. Let him talk about what's going on globally, and the fact that God wants to do that in every church. Amen. And then I'll just come in and talk about how the local church can grab a hold of this vision and partner with with men of God like him, to push the global vision forward. Today we want to talk about being truly apostolic. Brother Robinette, you wrote a book called Radically Apostolic. Tremendous, tremendous book. If you haven't read it, listeners, please go out and get it. It's a wonderful book filled with stories of the great things God has done on many crusades, but also lays out a template for us and shows us how to be truly apostolic. Brother Robinette, can you talk a little bit about that and also share with us how we can take those principles and apply them to our daily lives in order to reach the world around us? Amen. Well, to me, to be radically apostolic just means to be apostolic in word and deed. We have a lot of us that are very comfortable being apostolic in word, and I mean by doctrine. We we love the doctrine, and I, I love the doctrine. I, I love this one God message, this Jesus name message. I love being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a yeah. God message. That's a word. I love holiness. Absolutely. Holiness is a word that we must uh, embrace, we must love, we must cherish. It's a part of the kingdom. But then there's that demonstration side of being apostolic that we sometimes feel a little bit um, incapable of jumping into. We're very content, comfortable with with being doctrine-minded people, and we should be, but that doctrine should drive us to demonstration and power. And so to me... um, you know, there's multiple ways to see that that come to pass. Um, there's no substitute for a proximity anointing. 
Okay, this is something that that I don't think we um, put enough emphasis on. There, there is a such thing as a proximity anointing. If if you hunger for for things in the spirit, if you want to be used in the gift of faith, if you want to be used in the working of miracles, if you want to to see the gifts of healing or or the fivefold ministry manifest in your life, you've got to get close to those who are doing it. Absolutely. If you're standing from afar off just saying, wow, that looks cool, the likelihood of that ever getting into your spiritual system is very, very small. But if you are so hungry for the things of the Spirit that you do everything in your power to get in close proximity and stay in close proximity, there are some things in the kingdom that are caught that you cannot teach. It's truth. And so you got to, you got to take advantage. This is the greatest hour of the church. The the kingdom of God is literally on full display. You are literally seeing the manifestation of the kingdom of God in word and deed all over the world with multitudes of thousands of people being added to the church on a daily basis and people receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus name, miracles and signs and wonders. There's literally no excuse for not getting in close close proximity to something in the kingdom that's true man truth no excuse if 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 you miss this moment you're the you're the one who's at fault yeah truth it's not your pastor who's at fault it's not your district superintendent who's at fault they are begging for you to get in close proximity to the kingdom if you don't get in close proximity to this it's because you are lazy and because you're like the sons of the prophets knowing what's going on but not having the ambition to be there wow that's good and i'm going to say something else it, it obviously on the on the uh, the carnal side the flesh side Ambition is a negative word. You should not be ambitious like the world is ambitious. But in the kingdom of God, you ought to have spiritual ambition. Not to make a name for yourself, but that the name of Jesus would be exalted every place that your feet touch down. And so there's got to be something inside of you that says, if Brother Rashidi Collins is doing it, I can do it. I've got to get near that man of God because whatever's on him... Let it jump on me. If, on. if if God is using uh, Brother Herod in Spain and, and God is using uh, whatever, anybody, wherever they're being used, I want to have that spiritual ambition Hallelujah. that says, God, God, don't let me miss this moment in the kingdom. Let me get so close to them that where they go, I go. Wow. And what they touch, I touch. Wow. And what they say, I say. And what they do, yes, I do. Because yes, yes. I made up my mind. I'm not missing this moment. I'm not going to be the sons of the prophets who are aware of what God is getting ready to do in this moment and yet so arrogant. My God. That's really how I look at the sons of the prophets. Yeah. Just arrogant, born and bred into this, thinking that, man, knowing about it's good enough that, that being there. Mm. And a farmer gets their goods. That's right. Yeah, that's right. A farmer gets their goods. And when the prophet tries to ditch the farmer, 
He says, nope, no. I'm staying in close, staying proximity. In close proximity. Where you go, I go because you haven't asked me yet, but I'm about to get a double portion. Yeah. That's right. I've got in my mind that I'm going mm. to get twice what you have. And when the opportunity comes, I'm not going to be standing on a hillside saying, mm, I know what's about to happen. Mm. No, I'm going to be pouring water on the hands of the prophet. Yes. I'm going to be right there so that when he says, my goodness, I can't get rid of you. What do you want? I'm going to say, man, I want twice what you have. Wow. Right. I won't settle for anything less. I want to get in proximity because I want what you can catch and yes. not what you can teach. That's so That's good. so good. Yeah. In Jesus' so name. I think, I think we've got to, in this hour, we've got to be spiritually ambitious. Yeah. And again, I want to clarify not talking about being ambitious about getting a name for yourself, getting a, this is my gifting, my office, my church, my, no, no, no. I'm talking about somebody who realizes the significant kingdom moment we are in and has no ambition but to exalt the name of Jesus. Yes. And that, that ambition, that spiritual <clears throat> ambition to be used of God drives them to say, man, I just want to serve. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? That all that that farmer wanted to do was pour water on the hands of the prophet. Truth. Yeah. <clears throat> he didn't even for one second try to put himself forward. That's right. right. Just where the man of God is, I'm going to be because I want to be in close proximity. If the man of God needs water, I'm going to get it for him. If the man of God needs food, I'm going to provide it. If the man of God needs his bags carried, I'm carrying those bags. I think this generation has gotten away from one of the greatest um, accelerators of apostolic ministry, and that's called servanthood. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The spirit of this world, this lawless spirit, that says, man, I, I can't be under authority. I, I can't have anybody tell me anything. Mm. I'm the guy. I'm the man. I've got, don't you try to put me in my... So, so this lawless spirit that's alive and well in this world today has crept into the church and some of us don't even realize we're infected. Oh. And part of the symptoms of that infection is we can't serve anybody because, my God, it's my moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Help us, Lord. And so we miss the accelerators of kingdom, of kingdom moments because we're infected with the spirit of the world. So, so we gotta get in an apostle. We gotta get in the spirit. Yeah. We gotta get in the spirit Amen. so that we can purge ourselves of the spirit of this world. And then we've got to pursue the same, uh, ingredients that opened up double portion anointing in a young farmer. Truth. Sir, man yeah. of God. Be there. Put water on his hands. Wash his feet. Be available to him. Clean his car. Mow his lawn. I don't care. Do something other than serve yourself. That's right. Mm. I got to quit talking. No, it's well, good. no, it's 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 so good. Now, now, to be honest, I really want to just, I really want to cosign what Brother Robinette is saying to us today. So, what Elisha tapped into was a principle. Now, there's a principle in the law of Moses. There's a principle in Scripture that basically says that if you serve or you remain a servant, that over time you'll become a son. Amazing. Say that again. <laughs> Amazing. That if you remain a servant over time, you'll become a son. Wow. You move from servanthood to 
wow, into sonship. Now, I heard a man of God say this, which was so interesting, that when, when Elisha asked Elijah, because Elijah said, oh, what do you want? You're serving, what do you want? Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. The real request there, what he was actually asking, was he wanted to be Elijah's firstborn son. Wow. Mm. The double portion that he was seeking wow. was the blessing of the firstborn. Wow. So what Elisha possessed was the same desire of Jacob. My <laughs> same desire. What do you want? I want that blessing. Wow. I want that generational transfer of wow. anointing. And I want to be the firstborn. That's beautiful. Even though I was not born first. Wow. So what happens is a lot of times in scripture, you notice the firstborn getting skipped over. And the reason the firstborn gets skipped over sometimes is because of a sense of entitlement. A sense of entitlement is, I'm the firstborn, it's mine anyway, it's going to come to me anyway. Wow. I don't have to really put out a whole lot of effort for this, it's just going to come my way. Mm. And they become complacent. And familiarity breeds contempt. Wow. I've been around this and <clears throat> been in a position of privilege for so long that I expect that I'm going to inherit it all. Mm. But the truth of the matter is that if someone has a passion and a spiritual ambition mm. if they have the right attitude and yeah. put themselves in the right posture wow. and the posture is servanthood wow. Submission. then that gift wow. will skip over <clears throat> the entitled wow. and seek out the wow. desirous oh, mm. so powerful. it'll do it so this is why the sons of the prophets missed it <laughs> because they had a sense of entitlement my god and they knew what was going on, and they were just happy to be in the know. Wow. Whereas Elisha, as a servant, had a desire to be a son. Oh. Mm. As a servant, he had a desire oh. to be a son. How many yeah. ministries never reach their full potential because they don't serve with the right attitude yeah. you, the authority that god placed over them you, yeah goodness how many ministries i'm i can just speak from personal experience almost every single ministerial success that i've had in life has been connected to the spiritual authority in my life me too so so i was telling brother chris green the other day, I said, now look, if I'm going somewhere to preach, I connect with my pastor. I, I call him dad. He's a spiritual dad to me. And I ask him to pray for me before I go. I believe that if he lays hands on me and anoints me with oil, it doesn't matter what city, what state, right. what country I'm going Come into. On. I come in with spiritual authority. That's right. I have full confidence when I walk into that city. There have been times where, you know, I was rushing or something and, and somehow missed uh, getting to him because he was already gone and I didn't get a chance for him to pray for me. It affected the entire, the entire evangelistic trip. Mm. 
It, it, it affected everything. Even if, even if God saw my heart, but my mind was so discombobulated because to me, I value the hand of the man of God mm. on my life. I That's value good. It. I can't pay for that. Yeah. There's no amount of money you can give for no. that. There's nothing I would exchange for it. Once you know, even now, even now, I came here to Arkansas. I'm sitting in here with this podcast with you. Yesterday, I went to my dad's office before he left for the day. I knelt down beside his chair. I said, Bishop, pray for me before I go. Mm. He took out the oil. He anointed my Hallelujah. head. He began to pray. He began to weep. He said, God, give him everything he needs to uplift the people in Arkansas, to be a blessing to the people in Arkansas. Mm. And so I'm saying that my any success that I've had spiritually has been connected to a posture of servanthood. Because there's an impartation that comes with servanthood. That's right. And that's why Elisha asked specifically for the blessing of the firstborn. Give me the double portion. Mm. And the so reason good. why Elisha did more miracles than Elijah, it's not that he did better miracles than Elijah, or even that he was greater than Elijah, but the, the power of generational transfer leads to multiplication. Yeah. yeah. It is. Mm. So you're going to go. You're going to. You're going to go higher primarily because you are tapping into a principle. God said, "I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God yeah. of Jacob." God is a multi-generational God. Amen. It takes multiple generations to fulfill the will of God. We're dealing with an infinite God, and we are just dust. One man alone can't do it. That's right. So he builds from generation to generation mm. till he reaches ultimately to his goal and his will is done in the earth. Amen. So you, so, so you ultimately yes, sir. You handicap yourself in your ambition for you handicap yourself yes, sir. and refuse to be under authority. If you're not mm. under authority, you will never. Wow. Brother Robinette, mm. the reason you are who you are, any man of God that is doing anything globally, locally uh, any man of god that is faithful doing anything anywhere that is worth talking about you can you can see way they they have radical submissions mm. i don't know yeah. anybody that's doing anything great for god that is not radically submitted i don't know any pastor that that is doing anything powerful that doesn't have a pastor i don't know any evangelist that's doing anything that's powerful that don't mm. have elders in their life that don't have accountability yes. in their life. Because yeah. power corrupts. Yep. And yeah. so the more authority you have, the more anointing you have, the more accountability you need. The higher up you go in the spirit, the more accountability yeah. you need. And the more you need to be submitted. Yeah. So that you don't lose your mind. Mm. Because the Bible lets us know that the trick of the enemy is to have us lose our mind through pride. Mm -hmm. And pride is easy. Especially yes. if you're being used mightily. You, it's easy to move into the dimension of pride. Now, I can't say enough about that. I'm going to turn this back over to you, Brother Robinette. But the bottom line is submission yeah. is the S factor yeah. that will make the difference between yeah. whether you have a ministry that impacts the world mm. or a ministry that goes nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because so God cannot entrust great authority yeah. to someone who's not under authority that's right Bible principle that's just a principle that's right I, and it will not be compromised no i was sitting this morning with brother scott sistrunk north american missions director 
um, for the United Pentecostal Church. And um, Brother Sistrunk made a statement, um, very, very interesting along this vein. He said, he said, Brother Robinette, he said, you know, um, he said, I'm going to tell you what has been your safety net. He said, after all the things that you have seen, all the things that you have done, he said, what has been your safety net is the spiritual authority you have refused to move away from. That's right. Wow. He said, you have literally bound yourself to your pastor. He said, you have so radically submitted to spiritual authority mm. that no matter what you've seen, yeah. you have this safety net, this bubble <clears throat> around you that cannot be breached by arrogance Pride, rebellion. Good. He said, because of spiritual authority, you have, you are safe. He said, and whatever you do in this life, he said, you cannot ever move out from underneath that umbrella of spiritual authority. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Jesus. Yeah. Yes, sir. Which is so, to me, Pastor, is so interesting. Pastor Collins, because, you know, that is why the enemy is working so hard in this spirit of lawlessness. In, in my, my estimation of this, this very aggressive spirit of lawlessness is this, it's the enemy trying, he knows that under authority, there is nothing that stops the church. That's right. Yeah. But without staying under authority, we can't even mow our grass. That's right. It's not even possible. And that's why you see this lawless cities falling apart, young people running into stores, mass, you know, thieves, stealing and, and riots. And the devil is doing everything in his power to, right. to seed the spirit of this generation with a lawless spirit so that you cannot see multiplication like Pastor Collins talked about. Jesus, Jesus name, Jesus. And you have to be intentional. Submission isn't easy. Yeah. Sir, it is the hardest mm. principle mm -hmm. for a young man. Yep. Mm. And, and I want to specifically talk to young men for a second. Yeah. I know they're, Everybody will listen to this podcast. But that business of submission, I'll put it to you this way. I'm writing a book. I've been writing this book for the last three years. It's the second book I'm writing. The first book I wrote was on dominion. This book is going to be called S Factor. Now, here's the deal. One of the chapters is on submission. I've been writing that chapter on submission for the last two years. I'm up to about a paragraph. Oh. Not because I couldn't say a lot about submission, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but to give birth to the oh, the principle, I have to feel that I am credible. Meaning, it has to be an authentic chapter. Yeah, and I'm still walking it out. Mm -hmm. So, so in other words, I'm saying I don't want to just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, right. I have to live it. Live it for it to be real. You can tell when something is real. The reason why ministries make an impact, if you hear a message that makes an impact, it's because there is a connection between that messenger and that message. It's one thing to just preach something. Mm -hmm.
but there's a whole different dimension of spiritual authority when you've lived it. That's right. Because you cannot impart what you do not possess. Yeah. That's good. Can't, can't give something that you don't have. When, when Melchizedek blessed Abraham, Paul, referring to that principle, he said, without contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. <laughs> so, so that means whoever is doing the blessing has to have more than the recipient. Wow. Watch this now. So I had a dream. Years ago, I had a dream. I was on my way to preach in Mississippi at their youth convention. And I was fasting for three days. And on the third day, I had this dream slash vision. Now, anybody from Louisiana, across UPC, they know about uh, Brother Merle Ewing, who was a, just a, a tremendous man of God. And he had passed away. And uh, they had played a video of his at Because of the Times. Tremendous video. So in this dream, I see Brother Merle Ewing. And he looked young and vibrant. You know, we were walking on the way to his office. Now, you have to understand, I've only interacted with Brother Ewing maybe once or twice prior to that for a few minutes. There was never any deep connection between me and Brother Ewing, just a man of God that I respected from afar. But in this dream, we're talking and we're walking to his office. We finally get to his office. We sat down. I said, I said, Brother Ewing, I said, did you see your video at Because of the Times? And he kind of smiled. And I said, Brother Ewing, you look so young and fresh. He said, yep, that last miracle never did get to me, did it, Bubba? I said, no, sir, which is how he would talk, you know. I said, Brother Ewing, I tell you what, I was just glad to be in his office. He's just sitting there looking at me. And they were knocking on the door. And they said, Brother Collins, come on out. It's time to preach. It's time to preach. And I looked down, and I didn't have a suit to preach in. And I said, man, I need a suit to preach in. I can't go out there like this. I, I need a suit. And Bishop Ewing leaned back in his seat, pulled his jacket off, and reached across his desk and said, son, why don't you preach in this? And I looked at it, and I thought, you know, Bishop Ewing was a, was a, was a big man. And I looked down, and I said, mm, Bishop, it's not going to fit me. It's not going to fit me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, and he just looked at me with unwavering eyes. He didn't flinch. He kept his hand up, almost like he was saying behind his eyes, boy, don't be stupid. Yeah. yeah. Don't miss this opportunity. Wow. You better take this jacket. Wow. I looked at him, and I realized he wasn't moving, and good sense kicked in real fast. And I just, I reached across, and I grabbed it. I put the jacket on and the jacket completely fit me. Wow. It just fit me completely. Wow. And I was able, while they were knocking, I was getting ready. And then I woke up out of the dream. And the Lord began to deal with my heart right away. He said, this generation, they want all the power, but they don't want to pay the price. Mm. They yeah. want to operate like the great pioneers of Pentecost, but they will not do what those men and women right. of God did. Yeah. And so I began to preach this all across the nation because I realized that what God is looking for right now is the spirit of John the Baptist, which is the same spirit of Elijah. You remember, Jesus said John the Baptist came in the spirit of what? Elijah. Elijah. Here's the deal. The spirit then or the anointing of Elijah moves from generation to generation looking for a worthy recipient. What is the spirit of Elijah and what is this thing? With John the Baptist. Think about it. In Malachi talked about the messenger, which was Elijah, that would come before the Lord. Isn't that right? 
And here's what the text said. He would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Why is that? It was the principle of Elijah transferring to Elisha. And Elisha was supposed to transfer to the next guy. But the next guy had the wrong motive. If you remember Gehazi. He, he missed a transfer. Pursuing a selfish desire. Wow. Interesting. Goodness. How many, how many ministries fallen into the trap of Gehazi? Yeah. By seeking rewards. Before the time. Wow. Mm. Lord help us. Mm. And how many other ministries want to take that place but are not willing to pay the price of servanthood to be the recipient of that anointing? That anointing will just look for a worthy recipient to mm. realize it. But here's why it's important. Why am I saying this? Jesus is coming again. Yeah. So the first time Jesus came, it was necessary for the spirit of Elijah to be in operation to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. I am submitting to the people on this podcast that it's necessary again yes, it is. for there to be a unification yes. generationally where the hearts of the fathers turn to the sons and the heart of the sons turn to the fathers and there be no competition or division, but there be a unified generational transfer. That happens with elders willing to impart to sons yeah. and sons having the right attitude toward their elders. That's right. Beautiful. Ooh, because a lot of elders are worried about imparting to sons because some sons have taken the inheritance and destroyed it. Beautiful. They have destroyed it. How many folks have taken an apostolic church and turned it into a charismatic nightmare? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many right. folks have taken a church that was built by <clears throat> peanut brittle and the hard work? of some precious old ladies and turned it into something we cannot describe, something we have never seen, something that God never intended. Yeah. So elders are wondering, where are the faithful sons who mm. will serve and get my spirit? That's it. Mm. And then sons are worried that they will never be able to operate at a certain level and they are impatient sometimes and sometimes they flat out give up on their dreams. But there has to be a reunification. Amen. Fathers have to turn to sons. Sons have to turn to fathers. And it's happening now. God is raising up yes. prophetic voices in this end time yes. to bring about this unification. Why? Jesus is coming. Brother Robinette, I recently watched a video on YouTube um, of you preaching at POA several weeks back. And you also mentioned this in your sermon last night at Apostolic Conference in Madison, Mississippi. You shared a story of how you were stuck in an airport in Atlanta and how God orchestrated that and put you in contact with a soul that was in need of salvation. Do you mind sharing that with us? Uh, you know, we were um, coming back from, uh, was it POA I was coming from? or No, no, I was coming from Oklahoma. I was on my way from Oklahoma to Ohio, flying Delta, um, and, uh, just in case Delta listens to your podcast, I love they, you. Delta. They don't. <laughs> um, and, uh, so anyhow, I was flying and we got in the air on the way to Atlanta where we we're going to have a connecting flight. And all of a sudden they had all these storms and diverted us to Alabama. And we sat on this tarmac for hours in, in Alabama 
where they refueled us again, got us back into the air. We circled again forever, came back to Alabama, got more gas, got back in the queue, circled forever, landed in Atlanta at 3 a.m. So I left Oklahoma at 2 p.m., landed in Atlanta at 3 a.m. Then we, I walk out the door of, of the gate, and they say, just wait right here. We're going to have a flight that goes out in one hour. So all the whole you know, gate area and all down that, that terminal, ever, people are sitting all over the floor. So I'm sitting on the floor and, and just talking to everybody. And matter of fact, I had a bag of, of Jolly Ranchers. And I started going around, passing them out to everybody and, and just, uh, just kind of connecting with people. I was having a good time. And, um, and so anyhow, I ran out of Jolly Ranchers, came back and sat down and I was sitting there with my daughter an hour passed, then two hours, then three hours, 7 a.m. They finally canceled the flight. So now, I mean, we've been sitting there, I mean, on the floor for hours I I finally found a, a hotel downtown, went to the hotel. My daughter and I uh, got some rest. I think we slept till about noon or something. And then um, because I had to get to the Philippines, I, I needed to find a place to get a COVID test, um, a PCR test, um, so that I could make sure I didn't have any problems getting through any of the customs and all that jazz. And so... I Google searched CVS, got myself scheduled for one of those um, medical PCR, rapid PCR tests in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Go over this place, show up at the CVS. They have all these cubicles. They call me in. I sit down. This nurse comes in and she said, why do you need a, a COVID test? And I said, well, I, I said, I'm getting ready to go to the nation of the Philippines I said, and God is going to fill multitudes with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they're going to speak with other tongues for the first time. And I, I said, multitudes are going to get baptized in Jesus' name and have their sins washed away. And the revelation of the mighty God in Christ is going to overtake the nation of the Philippines. And she said, hold on a minute. <laughs> she walks out of the cubicle, closes the door behind her comes back in with the doctor, sits the doctor down in the chair. She climbs up on the counter and sits Indian style on the counter. And she said, preacher, tell the doctor what you just told me. Oh, boy. Wow. So I told the doctor the same thing. I began to tell the doctor about the Holy Ghost and people speaking in other tongues and repenting of their sins, being baptized in Jesus' name. Well, all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord hits the doctor's office. And she said, you have no idea. She said, myself and my nurse, both of our families have been trying to conceive children, praying that God would lead us to somebody that believes in the power of God. She said, do you believe in the power of God? Yes. I said, I sure Amen. do. Amen. She said, can you please tell us what we need to do? Tell us right now what we have to do. And immediately I said, I said, God said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. I said, right here in this room, you need to repent of your sins because God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost right yes. now. Wow. Well, this doctor covers her face with her hands, 
literally falls forward into her lap and starts weeping, heaving, just sobbing in the spirit. The nurse, sitting on the counter Indian style, falls over sideways and starts sobbing as the spirit of God fills the hospital room. Mm. They start repenting of their sins. I start shouting in other tongues. Yes, I'm, I'm screaming in other tongues. Yeah. I mean, we're CVS. in a CVS. My daughter is sitting out in the lobby. My daughter said it was like the whole CVS came to a screeching halt. She said, Daddy, it was like people just put down magazines. They stood still. The cashier stopped. People walked over. She said, we could hear you screaming, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then all of a sudden, you started speaking in tongues, and it was like thunder. She said, and then they started speaking in tongues, and it was like thunder. I'm telling you, it was amazing in one single second. Well, at the end of this Holy Ghost outpouring, the doctor reached over and sweetheart, sweet lady, reached over and took my arm and she said, Preacher, I'm so, so sorry that, that you had your flights delayed and, and, and all of this chaos. I'm so sorry. And God just spoke to me and said, you tell her. And I said, I said, don't you apologize. I said, nothing happened that God was not orchestrating. I said, do you realize how much God loved you and how much God loves this precious nurse that he would divert 1,000 Delta flights and a million travelers across North America? Do you realize God put pause on the lives of a million people just so you could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I said that God loved you so much that he said, Delta, I don't care about your bottom dollar. All I care about is this nurse getting the Holy Ghost and this doctor getting the Holy Ghost. God literally paused the entire North American world. Jesus. Jesus. To fill two people. With the Holy Ghost. Amen. Put a pause on everybody's life. 24 hours. I'm in the air circling, frustrated, angry, thinking what is wrong with Delta. And it wasn't Delta's fault. God was like, I got two people. Hold on, bro. Hallelujah. 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 Could it be that all the chaos in your life right now. Could it be that it's orchestrated of the Lord for a soul that you have not yet met? Wow. I believe it. My God. I believe it. And if we could just get over ourselves for five minutes. Yes. That's good. My goodness. Get over what's going on and, and think to ourselves. Just begin to prophetically speak that which is not as if it already is and just yeah. just start to say my god something good must be about you yeah. right amen right right if all of these flights oh god must be opening a right. door nobody right. can right. hallelujah right right Hey, you know, I, I haven't mentioned this ever yet because it was so crazy. 
Um, but you know, I was in the Los Angeles airport about three months or four months ago, and I was sitting in the lounge. Another really crazy, interesting situation. And a certain um, uh, movie producer was sitting in the lounge as well, but I didn't know who he was, you know. I mean, whatever, you know. And um, but this joker, uh, forgive me, I shouldn't have said that. This guy, uh, this man, this very important man, is, um, wow, can we erase that? <laughs> we can edit that uh, This out. guy is, um, keeps looking over his iPad and staring at me. I'm sitting there. I'm, I had just finished preaching. I had a suit on. I was flying back uh, to Ohio. And um, and so this guy keeps looking at me and keeps looking at me, keeps looking at me. And um, finally, I just put my iPad down and I said, brother, is there something I can do for you? And he said, you're you're an actor, aren't you? <laughs> He said that to you about you. He said, I think I've seen you in a film recently. Oh, yeah. And I said, um, I said, bro, I am so much more important than an actor. Mm. Oh, that's right. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I am a tongue-talking, apostolic, Jesus-name-baptized preacher of the gospel Amen. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I said, I'm not an actor. I said, I'm the real thing, bro. Mm. Come on. He stands up in the middle of the lounge, walks over to me, puts down all of his stuff. Tears started flowing. And he said, I just need you to lay your hands on me and pray for me. My God. He said, just pray. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's watching. Yeah. We're a spectacle. I I look over at my left, and there's a lady who goes like like this with her phone. She's like... (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a deal. This is going to be a deal. She all of a sudden started videoing this moment. But instead of flinching, instead of getting nervous, instead of just just saying, well, here's my card. You know, call me. I'll pray for you. Right in the middle of a Delta lounge, I laid my hands on this this movie producer and began to pray in other tongues. Jesus' name. Now, he didn't get the Holy Ghost. But he felt the spirit. Yeah. Right. Amen. He was shook from the top of his head to the soles of his feet as the spirit of the Lord filled that, that lounge. Yes. When I finished praying for him and he left to go get on his flight, as I began to leave the lounge a few minutes after him, all the way down the row, as I was going out of the lounge, people were reaching out and touching me and saying, Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. My God. This world is so hungry. hungry. Yeah. They are so desperate yes. for us to just be genuine and real and to demonstrate the kingdom and to not be Hallelujah. ashamed of the gospel. They are begging for us. They, it doesn't look like it on the outside, but when you man up and you say, I've come in the name of the Lord. Yes. I, I am so much more important than some act. Yeah. I, am the, us, I am the son of the king. Yes. I, I am a child of the king. Hallelujah. And you man up. You do what the Lord, oh, I promise you, there's people that are sitting on the sidelines just begging for you to manifest the kingdom. Yes. If we'll be bold, we'll get in the spirit and be bold. My God, people, I mean, a movie producer, a known movie producer, 
please pray for me. Please pray for me. All the money, all the cars, all the people, all the things. Yeah. Please pray for me. Jesus. Yeah. Goodness. Thank we you. We got to get real. Thank you, Jesus. Be really radically apostolic. Amen. Just, just do it. The apostolic in word and deed. Don't wait. When God presents a moment, step into it with boldness and you just, that's how you get testimonies. Yeah. yeah. Right. You don't get testimonies by being a coward. Yeah, that's right. You don't get testimonies by, by being insecure. You get testimonies by manning up and saying, man, I'm just going to pray for you right now. That's right. That's right. Amen. So, Thank you, Jesus. What? Uh, here's what's happening now, right now through the podcast. There's impartation taking place right now. Yes, there is, Pastor. Right now. So beautiful. On this podcast. And what you're actually receiving is an impartation of faith. Beautiful, Pastor. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, in particular, rhema word. Beautiful. Faith comes through hearing the testimony of men of God like this. And you can pray for faith also. Remember, one, one man needed a healing for his family. And Jesus said, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. And he said, help thou my unbelief. So if you want to know how to get faith, these are the ways you get it, by testimony, by the word of God, by prayer. I feel right now that to seal this podcast, I'm going to ask Brother Robinette to pray for everybody that's listening to this podcast so that this will not be an ordinary podcast, that they who hear this podcast from now to the end, that something will happen in their spirit oh. that will transform us forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'll be an impartation of faith, and that faith will be the catalyst for miracles, for signs, for wonders, for revival, for harvest, for increase globally and locally, corporately and individually. On every level, God's going to do something for the men and women that are listening to this podcast right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. By the authority of the word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, I release a tsunami of the gift of faith upon kingdom people that are hearing this podcast. I release a tsunami of the gift of faith to possess them, to take over them. The Lord, right now, infuse them with grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus. Receive it now. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Right now, God. Take possession of it. Right now, God. Activate it now. Right now, God. In every hearer. Right now, every person watching this. Receive it now. Right now, God. He told us.
Jesus, Jesus, we thank you. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you again for listening to today's episode. It is our hope that you will take what you heard today and allow it to take root and grow in your heart. God is calling us to reach this world. We heard the call at NAYC, where are the apostolics? This world is desperate for a move of the Holy Ghost. Your friends need what you have. Your high school needs what you have. Your college campus needs what you have. This world needs what you have. Matthew 10 says, And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. You have the answer. Now go. Go.